Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Are you ready? Yes. No, babe, are you ready? Do you know what a cassette is? Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? I don't hear any music. I made that tape special for today. So, music? A show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Welcome to the mixtape. Every week we are serving up an hour-long mixtape. 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 90.3 KRNU, welcome to the mixtape. This week's mixtape is so amazingly fantastic, and I am joined by Neil O. Obermeyer, who is a former music director at KRNU and current cartoonist for the San Diego Reader, former cartoonist for the DN. Hey, Neil. Hi, Casey. Tell me a little bit about your time at KRNU. What years were you music director? At the turn of the century. I think I started in 99 and then through graduation in 2001. Um, but then I did come back as a grad student. So uh, our theme today for the mixtape is KRNUK, which was a specialty show you started when you were an undergrad. Is that correct? That's right. I'll take you back a little bit. My sophomore year, I did a, an exchange with with Lancaster University in England. Lancaster University didn't have didn't have a, like a cafeteria or anything. So you would the money that you spent towards your UNL food service just came to you in the form of a big check that you would use to buy your food. And so each week, I'd go into town to go to the grocery store and I'd stop by HMV, which is like a, a music store. And I'd pick up that week's singles that were always like discounted to like one pound the first week they were out. And then I'd go to the grocery store and then buy just whatever minimal food I still had money left for. <laughs> and I'd really built up this stockpile of, of music that, because there was just so much, that was a really exciting period in British music. It was, um, I'm, I'm a stickler for the, the, the strict definition of the Britpop era, which would be like 93 to 97. It's a really exciting time. And I knew that there was a British music show on KRNU at the time. When I, when I came back at the end of that year abroad, I, st I started this, this specialty show, KRNUK. And the idea was to play music out of the UK, but with a, with a special focus, you know, really trying to bring attention to music that was not available in the United States. I saw it as my own little KRNU calling to, to have this show. So the authenticity portion of this is obviously very important to you. So I want to sort of define a few scenes. Like when we're talking about British music in the 90s, there's Britpop, there's shoegazing, and then there's sort of Madchester that came out of the late 80s. And how do you see those scenes differing? So I would say that Britpop grew out of shoegaze and uh, Madchester. So you had sort of the indie dance of Madchester that was coming out of the rave scene of the late 80s. And then you had the heavy distortion and noisy guitars of the shoegaze. And, and then you, you pair that with this, this cultural movement of the time that was just sort of unashamedly British. So you had a lot of art and movies and even like a political movement that was really focused on what it meant to be British. Those things really seemed to converge around 92, 93. So you had, you had suede emerging on the scene, you had Blur kind of reinventing who they were, then you had Oasis showing up in 94. You had Pulp who'd been around forever, finally getting into the spotlight and it just burned really bright. And then I would consider 97 to be when it all kind of came crashing down. Uh, I wanted to focus tonight on the year 1998, both because it's the year that I started Care in UK, but I think it was also a really fascinating year in this, this part of British music because you had some of these bands who were beginning to evolve out of this sound that had dominated 
the music scene. We're going to start with super furry animals. So super furry animals, I believe they're Welsh. And uh, the song you chose from super furry animals is Smokin'. And I did a little bit of research off of this because I didn't remember this on a major release, but this is from an EP, Ice yeah, Hockey was, Hair. The Great. Ice Hockey Hair EP, you got it, yeah. <laughs> they had had a lot of success with their album Radiator from 97 and just had some songs that were kind of left over. They'd been commissioned to do some songs for a, a Channel 4 series on the Seven Deadly Sins. And so they approached this as kind of a way to sort of clear the, the song palette before they got to work on what would end up being their album Gorilla that came out in 99. But yeah, this was a funny P, came out in the spring of 98. I, I love the title track. I played that a lot on KRN UK back in the days, but I, I thought that Smokin's a, it's a fun song. It's 90.3 KRNU, the mixtape.
Tape, we have got a new mix for you every week. 10 songs organized under a certain theme. And this week, our theme is 1998, the end of Britpop. And I am with Neil Obermeyer, who was the host of KRN UK at that time, especially show organized around exactly this idea. Just heard Rialto and the song was Untouchable. Neil, tell me about Rialto. That's not a band most people have heard of. No, and I feel like Rialto were pretty much like a perfect encapsulation of how the the winds were shifting they had released a number of singles 
in late 97, early 98 that were really well received. They were getting a lot of hype built up and uh, they really captured that, that sort of slick guitar-based Britpop sound and sort of a John Barry score was kind of coming in vogue at that time too, calling back to these Bond themes and they just bundled all that together. And their, after a series of singles, their, their debut album was set to be released in July of 98. And in June, they were dropped by their label. So it's like all this momentum was building up. And then it was just sort of like, eh, like we're moving on. And they got signed to another label. The, the album eventually came out, but, but by then the momentum was just gone. And it was just this, this group that was building up all this steam that was just basically done. And it was just a great example of how it didn't really matter how I mean, you, you put this band two years earlier and they would have been huge, but they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and they were a victim of uh the changing times yeah i mean i feel like limp biscuit and the <laughs> emerging new metal scene sort of really crashed down on a lot of the brit pop stuff at least in terms of the uh in terms of the american charts and also a lot of pop music so you had a lot of the boy band stuff although i think in the 98 we would have still been caring about the spice girls a good deal yeah, well, I'll tell you, I was still in England the, the week that Jerry left the Spice Girls. And that was like front page news on every newspaper. But yeah, you're, you're right on. Like there was just the pop focus had shifted a lot. Time to move on to, man, I love this band. Also Welsh, Manic Street Preachers. So yeah. I remember this song, um, If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next, because this one was kind of a, a, a chart climber, at least comparatively speaking, to the rest of the, the songs on this list. I remember this one being more popular in the U.S. Yeah, and as you mentioned, they're Welsh. Like, this was a big year for Welsh bands all around. You know, Super Furry Animals, who we already heard. Uh, Catatonia had some big hits in 98. There's Gorky Psychotic Monkey and Stereophonics, but, is but yeah. Is there a better was, name than Gorky Psychotic Monkey, honestly? If there is, I'd <laughs> like to know. How but, many students yeah. mispronounce that? Oh, yeah. Well, and it looks like Zygotic Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, they were a band that was designed to be cruel to college radio. Just students. messing with us. It's not fair. Yeah. But yeah, this was, if I remember right, this was their only number one song. I might be wrong, but I remember it debuted at number one, and it was a big deal because it was from their fifth album, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours, and that was the first album that they had put together after uh, Richie Edwards had disappeared. And there was a little bit of you know anticipation, uncertainty around that. And um, the rest of the album, I think, really kind of continued their progression toward more straightforward kind of pop rock anthems. But at least out of the gate with this song, it was just like, okay, yep, they're still very angry and very political but it uh, didn't stop it from doing well. I love angry and political. Here's If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next. It's Manic Street Preachers on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. The future teaches you to be alone The present to be afraid of cold So if I can't shoot rabbits Then I can't shoot fascists
said I want to see you to discuss your contribution to the future of our nation's heart and soul. Six o'clock, my place, why? Well, I arrived just after seven, but you said it doesn't matter. I understand your situation and your image, and I'm flattered. Oh, I'd just like to tell you that I love all of your albums. Could you sign this for my daughter? She's in hospital, her name is Miriam. Now I'll get down to the gist. Do you want a line of this? Are you a
93.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. This is a 1998, the end of Britpop mixtape and the beginning of the KRNUK show, specialty show hosted by Neil Obermeyer, who is my guest today on KRNU. He um, hosted that show from 98 to 2001, something like that. Is that correct? 99? Yeah, if I remember when I graduated, right? It would be, I think, May of 2001. Would I'm going to need when, you to check your CV, okay? Yeah, I'll, I don't. <laughs> I'll call the records office. What do you think is different about Britpop compared to maybe some other British invasion bands and those kinds of things, other than just the time period? That's a great question. I, I think a lot of what characterizes that Britpop period was a lot of, as celebratory as it was about its its Britishness, a lot of it was also very kind of ironic and critical in some of the characters that featured in some of the songs and some of the storytelling. And the the Pulp song we just heard, I think, was a great example of that because it's Cocaine Socialism was a B-side on the A Little Soul single. So it wasn't on the album, but it was a it was new lyrics to uh, their song Glory Days that was on This Is Hardcore, their album that came out in 98. And so as this B-side, uh, the new lyrics that Jarvis Cocker wrote were kind of reflecting the tension between these these pop artists who had made this movement so huge and Tony Blair's new labor government that was also part of that same cool Britannia movement. You know, obviously not in, a, in an arm-in-arm -arm sort of way, but but very much still tapping into that, you know, like I was saying before, the, the unashamed Britishness was like underpinning all of this cultural movement. And you might have the same objectives, politically speaking, but that doesn't mean if you're somebody like Jarvis Cocker that you're ready to start campaigning for a political party. And so that song really kind of, it captured that, you know, people may have similar goals, but we still need to maintain our distance. It seems like there's a level of maturity to that that probably just came from the fact that Pulp had been around for a really long time. They had been a band since the late 70s. So they had come up through Sex Pistols, late 70s, British punk movement, and then they're still doing this into Britpop. Do you think that there's something to the idea that they had the maturity of living through various administrations and shifting in politics, but also in music to kind of get that larger wisdom? I, I think you're you're definitely onto something there. That they had sort of the luxury of cynicism that comes from from being older. I mean, because <laughs> there were definitely stories of of like Noel Gallagher partying with New Labour politicians that you know somebody like Jarvis Cocker wouldn't have dared to to do. So what about a band? And I love this song, Solomon Bites the Worm by the Blue Tones. Yeah. So the the Blue Tones were I would consider them one of sort of like the the B-list, if even that high, of the Britpop bands. Their uh, their first album was actually really successful. I mean, it it went to number one. It had a number of hit singles, but there's a lot of evidence to prove they did not have the cultural staying power. Their second album, though, was like, it was delightfully weird because here's this band out of London, and they do a concept album that's basically this, like, cowboy story set in the American Southwest. So... I, a lot of the reaction at the time was just sort of like, what, what's going on here, guys? But I, I love this album. It's a lot of fun. And Return to the Last Chance Saloon is the name of the album. Let's play Solomon Bites the Worm. This is the Blue Tones on the mixtape, 90.3 KRNU.
brand new welcome back to the mixtape of course you can check it every sunday at noon at 90.3 krnu if you are listening in lincoln or you can get it online krnu.unl.edu or uh, on our twitter at the mixtape krnu i always put a big spotify link up there and kind of make a playlist for you via spotify so you can get all of the songs and all of the amazing chatty chatty breaks between myself and neil obermeyer this week hi neil hi casey Thanks for having me on this show. I'm so excited. We're talking about Britpop, specifically in 98. You spent a year abroad and kind of really got into British music at that time. Spent all your food money on records. Yeah, only enough to, I think I still could afford cornflakes, pasta, and tuna. I think that's pretty much what I lived on. You know what? But you had the music, so it's fine. That's right. Let's stick with James for a second, because we just heard Destiny Calling. Now, people probably know James from Laid. That was the big hit. They are from Manchester. They rose up in the 80s, sort of toiled around for a while, and didn't really get a lot of attention until being lumped in with the Manchester movement. And then really just kind of survived. And thanks to still being around and writing catchy guitar-based songs, the Britpop movement was really there to just kind of lift them along with it. This late James stuff sounded a little different, right, than their 80s offerings. Why did you choose Destiny Calling? Well, partially I chose Destiny Calling just because it fit within the criteria I set out for myself. But so it, it was released in March of 98 and I feel like it, it was kind of signposting like we recognize that that there is a paradigm shift happening. I also associate this song with KRNU for kind of a weird reason. Like around 10 years ago, I was driving through like Iowa or Illinois or something and I had KR, I had 90.3 on my presets. And this song was playing, like fading through the, the FM distorted haze when you're not quite on with a frequency or you're maybe trying to listen to KRNU and you're all the way out to like Waverly. And that was clearly a different 90.3, but I felt it just felt like there was like this sort of like ghost of KRNU like singing out to me through this song. So uh, KRNU never yeah. really leaves you, Neil. It's right. always it with you. It follows you through the Ohio Valley. It sure does. <laughs> Spiritualized. Tell me all the things. They're a band that would most closely, I think, be aligned with shoegaze bands. And I, you know, I've, I've been talking about, and as the point of this episode kind of is focused around that 98 being this year that Britpop was dying. And I attribute that to four big albums from 1997. So you've got Blur's self-titled album, OK Computer from Radiohead, Urban Hymns from The Verve, and then Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space from Spiritualized. These are four huge albums that were clearly making a, a post-Britpop statement with where you still have strong melodies, but they're frequently buried under just noisy guitars or other types of noise. You have lyrics that are way more introspective and sometimes personal to almost an ugly degree. And they're moving away from these ironic characters and detached storytelling. This stood in pretty harsh contrast to bands that were that I would say were like largely oblivious to the world shifting around them like Oasis's Be Here Now album. So Spiritualized released a few singles off of this album. Um, then in May of 98, they released the Abbey Road EP, which was um, re-recordings of Broken Heart and Come Together 
from Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space. And there was a, like a chat show called TFI Friday that was on Channel 4 on Friday evenings. And I remember sitting down watching and they started playing this song and I was like, wow, uh, this is a really profane song. I'm surprised they're playing this on a 6 p.m. TV show. And that was when I discovered that they were re releasing the, uh, the Abbey Road EP with these re-recorded versions that were much more radio friendly. And so I love Spiritualized. I was really excited when this EP came out because I was like, sweet, that means someday I can play this on the radio. And so <laughs> I played this a lot on KR in UK. Here's Spiritualized. It's the radio version. We can do it. It's coming together on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU.
Ski, see my thumb, see that kid with the pump shotgun. Mr. Mac, hope the foremost down. Cats is dead wrong, songs too long. Mr. Big Mouth, could that be trout? You need to dust out your style, no doubt. Challenge strut through the challenge slump. Rum, rum, rum on my challenge drum. Welcome back to the mixtape, Texas, Say What You Want. And that was the All Day, Every Day, the remix with uh, all those Wu-Tang Clan members, Method Man and RZA from the Wu-Tang are on that, which is so fascinating. Neil Obermeyer chose this theme, which is 98 Britpop. And I'm fascinated by this choice because when you said we were going to do 98 Britpop, I did not think I was going to get Method Man. But here we are. I don't think anybody who ever knew of the existence of the band Texas thought that they would get Method Man. Like, this is a, it's a weird song. For those who d- aren't familiar with Texas, they are a blue-eyed soul group from Scotland. 
total like adult contemporary pop songs. I mean, I, the first time I heard it, I thought it was a joke. Like, cause it's just like, I don't know. It'd just be like having like Phil Collins and Jay-Z or something. It was just <laughs> such a weird contrast. I'm here but, for that, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically just the pre-chorus and the chorus from from Say What You Want. But then the really interesting thing is that Method Man's verses, he would later use those same verses in his song Judgment Day from his second album to Cal 2000. So I remember when Judgment Day came out later that year in like October or November, I'm like, how do I know this song already? I I like the sort of last bend we're taking with this 98 Britpop episode because we're into this very smooth... Um, soul meets trip hop area with Morchiba. Morchiba, were, they were a trio. Um, Big Calm was their second album, came out in 98. And I feel like they sort of embraced the fact that they were on the much more accessible and poppier side of trip hop because their name was, it. they combined M-O-R for middle of the road with, with Chiba. And so I, I feel like that's sort of owning the, uh, the mainstreamness, but they were really, they came out in that space between Portishead's self-titled album in 97 and then Massive Attack's Mezzanine in 98. So as those, that first wave of trip hop were definitely getting less accessible and a little, I guess, artsier and less singles oriented, that, that left space for more radio-friendly, single-friendly groups like Morchiba. And they'd had a little bit of, of success in America. Their first album, Who Can You Trust?, had a song called Trigger Hippie that I don't I remember we played a lot on KRNU and got featured a lot on MTV too. And then um, Big Calm kind of continued that progression. Like every song they started writing on an acoustic guitar, and then they would build up the electronic sounds and the orchestral sounds from there. So they definitely had a more traditional analog origin to the way their songs were constructed. It's incredibly easy to listen to. It's the kind of music that I, I can see fitting into just about any playlist. It, it would feel perfect next to Diggable Planets. It would feel great next to Tricky. There's a lot of ways for this to go. So when I heard it, I'm like, this is a great puzzle piece song to put really in between anything. Their later albums into the 2000s ended up making a little bit of a dent on college radio playlists. And I think it's for exactly the reasons you described. Like it has those elements like Diggable Planets where you know it, it can appeal to a lot of different audiences through those different aspects of the music. I think it's very cool. So this one is called Blindfold. It's the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Three months in here Can't catch the tears Time never lands Our love is all that stands
93.3 KRNU. Welcome back to the mixtape. We are rounding out this 10-song mixtape from Britpop in 1998 with Neil Obermeyer, who was the former host of KRNUK. Talking about 98, we've talked a lot about music, and uh, there's so much great British culture that was kind of just permeating the United States at that time. I don't know. There's just something about that era of Britishness. There was something so self-deprecating and yet positive about that whole time. I think that pairing is, is dead on. There's, there's a self-deprecation, but there's also a pride. That balance of loving who you are and believing who you are, but not taking it too seriously. Yeah. It's a good, it was a really good look. It was a great time to be a fan of this kind of music. And, and I'm so glad that this was your mixtape. We finished up the 10 song mixtape with the Boo Radleys, Comb Your Hair. They definitely started out as a shoegaze band and their album Giant Steps from 93, I think is largely regarded as like their their artistic masterpiece. But after that, their next album, Wake Up from 95, definitely saw an evolution of their sound. It's like Wake Up Boo was a huge hit. And similar to James, I feel like they were a band that in a lot of ways kept kind of doing the same thing they were doing, but the world caught up to them. The reason I chose, or a song from this album is because I feel like this was their final album, King Size. And they released this in October of 98. And I, I think this, this album is amazing. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like I would put this in my top five of all time. It's one of the biggest casualties of the end of Britpop and the culture changed moving because this album was so poorly received that they canceled all their single releases and broke up. And I was so sad because I love the Boo Rabbies. They are one of my favorite bands. It's a, it's a fitting one to close on and uh, just capture, captures the bittersweet uh, feelings behind this theme where just like great music but you know the world moved on as it as it has to do you think they considered putting a member of the wu-tang clan maybe ghostface killer maybe. <sighs> well it's funny you say that though because like uh martin carr the songwriter from the boo radleys did he's still making music and his stuff got a lot more interesting i know he was he's a huge hip-hop fan so like i know you say it in jest but like Maybe they, maybe they should have tried that. If any of us find ourselves waking up in 1998 as part of some sort of alternate reality, contact the Boo Radleys. <laughs> Say, I got an idea for you now. I Stick with great me. Idea, guys. There's nine people in the Wu-Tang Clan. I feel like we can find one of them. Neil, thank you so much for being on the show. This is such a thank great episode. There is no one better to shepherd us through this topic than you. I really appreciate the chance to come on and to, I don't know, squeeze a little bit more value out of all that... Uh, food money I spent on singles in 1997 and 1998. Still paying off. Good choices. <laughs> Interrupting all programs.